Hello, and welcome to Wealthspire Advisors Beer Markets. I'm Bobby Moyer, and I'm joined with Sandy Wiggins. How are you today, Sandy? I am doing great. How about you, Bobby? Yeah, doing great. We're, you know, middle of the month, middle of November, another month flying by, and, you know, we're going to be eating turkey um, a week from today. I'll, I'll probably be too full about that point. How about you? I'm sure I'll eat some turkey, and, you know, I like sweets, so some cookies and pie and cake. Yeah, I'm a pumpkin roll guy. My mom makes a, a nasty pumpkin roll, and I'll head up to PA to spend time with family. It's going to be a fun week next week. That's awesome. Watch well, some football, yep. put a fire in the fireplace, Wish it wasn't going to be leaves. so cold, but yeah. Yep. yep. So um, I'll start off with the with the beer. I'm I'm going something close to my heart here. I could go on a, a, my own little rut on this, but I am drinking a Proud and True Duke's Lager out of Harrisonburg, Virginia, um, out of the uh, Brothers Craft Beering Company up there. I uh, was up there for a golf tournament and a football game not too long ago, and I won this in, in a raffle, and um, I had one. It, it's good, so I thought I'd bring it on air and, and also give a shout-out to the Dukes, who are undefeated, have a, a game against App State. I know your son went there. I'm college game day. I'm excited for this weekend. I'm going up for the game with the family, so uh, it should be a good time. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll lose this week and break this streak, but it's a, a fun time to be a Duke. Well, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't tempt fate there. So, yeah, you know, a lot of hype. been recorded, so all your friends, you're going to blame it on you if, if, you, if they don't win. Yeah, but I'll also get some credit for bringing the Dukes to the podcast. So, Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going up uh, in that general neck of the woods as well to uh, Devil's Backbone. They've got a Vienna, log, Vienna Lager. Um, you know, this time of year is great to go up towards Charlottesville, up into the mountains and see the leaves and pick some apples and pop into Devil's Backbone and drink some beer. So Yeah, they have a great location up there, too. Uh, just a fantastic uh, tap room and place you could stay. You know, what a, what a great place. Charlottesville is a beautiful, a beautiful area all, all the time, uh, especially this time and especially when the Dukes beat them too earlier this year. <laughs> So is everything going to come back to uh, JMU during our, our conversation today? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll, we'll just we'll roll with that um, for this conversation. It's it's also been a good time in the markets. I guess we could transition a little bit. Uh, what a month! I mean, what what a start to the month, and and really started the last two days of October um, that we saw the markets really performing, you know, very very strongly on, on that period of time. You know, just just to say some of the numbers that we've seen, and this is since 10:30, so the 30th of October uh, through 11:15. So this is Wednesday's close. Today's the 16th. We don't have the updated numbers yet, but the S&P 500 is up nine and a half percent, and I believe that's what 13 trading days to see almost a 10 percent move. Mid cap up nine, mid value up over 10. Small cap, the Russell 2000 up over 10. The Nasdaq up over 11, uh, bonds up 236. So you're just seeing very, very strong performance, you know, since the end of October, and and that probably is a result a little bit of oversold conditions. And we talked about tax loss harvesting in the past with mutual funds selling a little bit of of the losers this year to you know help their their portfolios not have a tax burden. So and that that was through the end of October. Yeah, it started a little bit earlier, but maybe they got they took care of um, all those all that trading a little bit earlier. Yep, and 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 I know you've got more to cover on that too. But talking about the S and P five hundred uh, of the four hundred and sixty seven companies that have reported, ninety three percent of the S and P eighty two percent beat expectations by a median of seven percent. So 
that's that's a, a a strong earning season. Maybe that had something to do with the pop in the market. Yeah, the interesting thing there too, Sandy, is we talked about this. I, I don't remember maybe the last podcast or maybe on our Investor Insights. It was a pretty good earnings, but yet the market didn't wasn't pricing that in through the end of October. Yeah, and that just goes to show sure. I think market technicals, right? It's more to it than than fundamentals in the short term. In a week, two week, you have this selling from institutional traders like the mutual funds and whatnot, and that that results in you know performance that you wouldn't think. But now. Uh, we could talk about a CPI number earlier this week as as a major catalyst. You know, I know you and I were talking earlier about the supply and demand of treasuries as a potential catalyst. Um, so I think when, you know, you get the seasonality of October being behind you and, and that fiscal year of the mutual funds being over, then you got uh, the week, I guess it was the first week in October or November, um, you, you ta- saw the uh, treasury issuance of debt um, be a little lighter than what market participants have have thought or or yeah, were so supply was down yep and i think people were happy about that because we saw rates the 10-year get up all the way to five percent there were some talk i know i thought and still think it's a possibility that you know there's supply and demand out there issues and without the u.s uh, federal reserve buying debt like they were um and you had china not buying as much and the government issuing the a treasury whole a whole lot more you would see higher rates just because supply and demand that's the way markets work and you know so you got that in the first week in october or november that that probably helped and then you got you know maybe sandy will call it the bombshell report on was it Tuesday. So we're, today's the 16th. This was on the 14th. You got the the CPI reading, um, which came in much much lighter than than expected. Yeah, the um, you know jumping around a little bit, the uh, motor vehicle maintenance and repairs. That's one of the one of the larger numbers there, and that's wage driven. Right. And that's not necessarily uh, going to change quickly. But we'll talk more about wages in a second. And then you've got you know rent of primary uh, residence, and then the owner's equivalent rent. Um, those are on the upper end of it. But natural gas, fuel oil, airlines, used cars and trucks. Yeah, the airline prices coming down was a little bit shocking. You know, yeah. cause you hear about all the travel that that is coming up. But the headline, you know, number, you know, you saw inflation come in flat from the previous month. You know, expectations were only 0.1. But if you look at the CPI year over year, you got a number of 3.2%, um, which was lower than 3.3. So CPI, you know, really coming in significantly, um, you know, and what did that mean? That led to one enormous rally in small caps. I mean, this is something that you, I mean, it was a, it was, what do they call them? Rip your head off rallies, rip your face off rallies. I mean, you see a lot of things that went up um, the last day or that month on Tuesday. You saw the Russell 2000 was up 5.47% in one trading day, a 5% move. That was huge. And the S&P 500 was up 2%. So all this, right? So this is kind of the whole story for the last two, three years, right, was inflation. Inflation peaked in June of last year, what, 9.2, 9.3, somewhere in there, slowly coming down. It was it was hanging out for a while, a little bit sticky. There were some rumors of the Fed, one more hike in December, uh, higher for longer. And then you get this bombshell report, 
uh, earlier this week and you just see small caps just absolutely rip. The S&P was up 2%, which is a big move, but 5.4% um, for the Russell 2 in one day. Uh, I, I just can't imagine that. That's just a crazy run. And the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index was up 1.2%. So a bond index moving not on dividend or yield, um, on interest. This is a price appreciation of 1.2% essentially in one day, all on the back of this this uh, CPI number. And then you got the follow-through on PPI. Wholesale prices in October had their biggest decline in three and a half years. Um, again, more speculation that the, the worst of inflation is behind us. Um, so, you know, you saw prices, the PPI index declined by 0.5% for the month versus expectations of 0.1%. Um, so that was that was pretty significant and, and more and more proof that maybe the Fed uh, might be done hiking. And, and now the rumors will start on when the cut's coming. Well, yeah, and the other, the other thing that, that comes to mind, which on one hand is good and on the other hand may not be so good, and that is uh, just recently the CEO of Walmart was talking about deflation maybe coming this holiday. So if we're if we're consumers, that sounds great. I like I like paying less tomorrow uh, for 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 goods and services and holiday gifts and all that. Groceries, as an example, he also mentioned. Um, the downside, though, is deflation is a very very scary thing. So let's talk a little bit about that dynamic, and we can work into a discussion about likelihood of a hard landing maybe no landing at all or soft landing? Yeah, wow, that's that's a tough question. And, you know, I think the holiday deflation is interesting. Um, it's, you know, deflation is, is fearful, right? Because if you think you could get something cheaper tomorrow, you'll wait to buy it. And that slows down consumer purchasing, right? That's generally how it works, why deflation is so bad. Everybody stops buying because they're going to wait for next week for it to be a little bit cheaper. I'm not sure the holiday season, though. Are you going to tell your kid on, on holiday morning when Santa Claus was supposed to show up that, oh, he's going to show up January, two weeks later? Yeah. yeah. So I think this, I think it's kind of interesting where um, the time period we're in, are you not going to have your, your Thanksgiving dinner? You're going to wait? You know, you're going to buy? Turkeys would certainly be on sale if you waited. Yeah, right? So I, I find that really interesting. Um, deflation is, is bad long term. And if people do believe that renovation, renovating their house is going to be cheaper in a year by a significant amount, they're going to wait, right? Most people will do that. Um, so I think it is negative, but I'm interested um, where we are today, uh, the holiday season and, and deflation and that sort of thing that I find that interesting. But one little tidbit that we, we have here too is uh, Thanksgiving. You know, we, we said is next week. And according to the American Farm Bureau Federation, Thanksgiving dinner um, is going to be cheaper this year. The average cost of dinner for 10 people will be $61, which is down 4.5% from last year when it was uh, 64.05, mainly driven because turkeys are cheaper. They went on sale. Um, so I, I find that interesting. Uh, the deflation, to your point. Uh, and But he also says, McMillan, uh, the CEO of Walmart, said that you know, food prices continue to be stubborn. Um, I know blueberries are crazy expensive. I, I can't believe I'll keep eating them because they're good for you and they tell me that's going to help prevent cancer. But man, they're expensive out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you do what you got to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that was some interesting 
commentary though, Sandy, um, from Walmart on on deflation uh, for sure. But you know, I think the consumers will be spending. And you know, he made the comment, "This is good" in there. But I think he meant that it's good for the consumer. For it's the, good for his customer. Right. They could buy more. Right. right. And and that's a, a positive. It's we don't want deflation the, long term. Right, right. That is probably the worst thing. Uh, you know, maybe even worse than inflation, right? Because you could just continue you to raise rates. Right. Deflation, you know, I don't know. You, you get yourself you in. Only, you get into a situation where we're back to lower negative interest rates, and that's that's not good. And, you know, if I had to say um, one good thing about the interest rate increases, we needed normalization mm-hmm. of monetary policy. We needed higher rates than zero. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Fed is pushed to lower rates, how far are they willing to go? Let's go right there, Sandy. That's a perfect transition to, I mean, a couple of things we just talked about, and you just brought the biggest thing to the forefront, and that is the CPI reading is good because inflation's cooled, market rallied, but it rallied because of the Fed, and that's where you are going, right? What is the Fed going to do? And if you look now, I think it was a month ago, if you look uh, at December, there was a chance that the Fed was going to raise rates again. There, yeah. there was that talk, yeah. right? As of today, there's a 99.8% chance that they're keeping rates where they are. And a week ago, this was before the CPI, obviously, 85%. So a big jump. They're not doing anything in December. January, 97.8% chance of no change. All right, so now we're off, the January is off the table as of right now. One week ago, that was 76%. Um, there was, um, There is now a small chance of a cut in January. Isn't that ironic? Interesting. Well, that would be scary, I right? think. Uh, now, wait to hear this, though. <laughs> March, 66% chance of no change, 33% chance of a cut. So now March of next year, not long away, four, four or five months, there's a 33% chance of the cut. We get to. I'm not going to go through the whole year, I promise. Let me go through two more, though. May, 33% no change. 50% of 25 and 17% that were 50 basis points lower than today. So May, they're predicting at least 25, if not 50. And then the end of next year, this just baffles me, is 2% chance rates are where they are today, a year from now. 2%. 2%. 65% chance of 75 basis points or more cuts in December of next year. So the market now, remember, I, I remember having this conversation with you a few months ago where at the end of this year, the market was predicting 50, a, a 75, yep. a percentage, in, uh, and now here we are again. Next year, already 75 basis points cut in. A lot of this is because of the number we just saw. And listen, I, I do think inflation is coming down. I think it's going to continue to fall. You mentioned it earlier, owner's equivalent rent. Those things are, are some of the numbers that are keeping you up, and they're lagged in the performance. Mm-hmm. If you look at real-time data, prices are coming in a little bit, right? So I think inflation will continue to fall into next year. I think the economy is slowing, too, a little bit next year. But the Fed cutting um, rates is a little bit interesting. But I, you know, what's, let's talk. You asked to talk about it earlier. Let's talk about what is a, a soft landing. What does a no landing look like? Well, in the perfect world, the Fed should be cutting soon, right? C- not cutting because of a recession or because the economy is struggling, but they can afford to cut. Because if you think about it, where we sit today, they didn't move interest rates, right? Interest rates are where they were yesterday, but inflation's lower. So that means the Fed funds rate is now that much higher than where inflation is. 
that makes them more restrictive today than a week ago because inflation is tamer, right? So the, the lower inflation falls and then not moving rates, the tighter and tighter they get without moving rates. That, that means they could afford, I think, to come down a little bit as long as inflation continues to drop. They could continue to bring that rate down just to bring it back Maintain. more in line. Mm -hmm. And that will, will, will provide a little bit of a stimulus. Now, if they cut 75 basis points next year, does that mean we're in a recession? That's, that's delineation. If they, if they bring it down slowly, 25, 50 basis points, just because they are being too restrictive, but the unemployment rate doesn't get away from ourselves, I, I that's the, is that a soft landing heart? I think the delineation is soft landing, mild recession, right? No landing, no recession. Even if we had a minor recession, the fear always in my mind of a minor recession is the compounding effect that turns into a, a, a an major. average or yeah. major, average or major, right? Um, but I think if the Fed can continue to bring rates in because inflation continues to fall and things might be slowing a little bit, but don't get out of hand. I think that's that's a no or soft landing, and that's that would be that could be a good a good environment for stocks. And you know what what's twenty twenty four, an election year? I think so. What will the government? What will the president do? Everything in his power not to have a recession, right? So they keep the economy rolling a little bit. You get the Fed to ease a little bit, and not that they're connected, right? We all know they're independent. Um, but if they come in a little bit to help the, help the economy, the market roars. That's better for the the incumbent president. You know, you could shape up to have a decent year. And we're not even talking about the trillion dollars of money market that's on the sidelines that could really come move, into the market yeah. and, and move the market higher. So I said a lot. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things. One, it's it's a lot different than the tone of our conversation during our last beer markets. It was a little bit more sanguine. Um, that's sentiment, right? That's the market. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing I think, it, and it, we sound like a broken record, having a strategy sticking with it through good times. Don't let greed get away from you. Don't let pessimism or, or, or worry or fear cause you to make a change. You know, we, we know that the best days usually cluster around the worst days. Mm -hmm. So, man, wouldn't you be upset if you were not in the market at some degree um, over the last two or three weeks, you know? So having a strategy, sticking with it, that keeps you moving in the right direction. Now, I also think that if we look out into next year, at some point, like right now, bad news to some degree is good news for the stock market. Mm -hmm. Bad news in that, you know, maybe the economy softening a little bit. That means the Fed may take their foot off the, uh, the brake, might lower interest rates. That's good today, but at some point, Bad news is going to be bad news for the market. And so I think, think we're still going to have volatility like we have been as we look to the data dependency of the Fed. That's what I think. Yeah, you've got to look at that. I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. I think we're going to move closer with the unemployment rate back closer to 5%, right? That, that, that's Or or 4% even. We're not even at 4 yet. Um, but part of the question is why why is it moving, right? Part of it is our jobs. We could talk about ZipRecruiter's earning call. I think that's just a good you know, fact we could talk about. But the unemployment rate, I, I believe, is going to tick higher. But there's two elements of that, right? The employed and then the labor participation rate. The denominator is the labor participation rate. So that's how many people are out there looking for a job. And if more and more people are coming looking for a job, likely that's because their situation's not great. And that's not a good thing. But if they're out there looking, that, that also contains wages a little bit. 
that helps, you know, overall a little bit. As long as you don't have labor participation rates staying the same and employed coming down, right? People getting fired, laid off. Mm -hmm. Now, we could talk about, and we will briefly, the ZipRecruiter earnings call. And we know ZipRecruiter is out there. They're, they're a job hiring service. And, you know, uh, if you read the transcript, you know, he... Uh, the, the CEO, we, we talked about Walmart earlier, you know, he talked about all the, the issues that are out there, but I think the specific things of what he said is um, job seekers, people looking for jobs are taking longer to find work and those currently employed are changing jobs less frequently. And he goes on to say the great resignation, which he's referring to a lot of people, you know, retire or getting out of the workforce because of stimulus or whatever reasons. Um, maybe they had Bitcoin in there, you know, or they were out trading stocks and making money back in 2020. But it, it, but he says the great resignation is over. Quit rates returning to pre-COVID levels. And this rapid change in hiring has impacted ZipRecruiter's business. You know, their revenue was down 31% year over year. And this is reflective of a soft hiring environment. This is primarily reflective of weakness among small, mid-sized businesses, which makes up the vast majority of paid employees. So zip recruiters out there, the job. So the you look at the environment, the economy. It's you know we got GDP reading of what 4.9 last last quarter. 2.2 is is the GDP forecast now for the Atlantic Fed uh, for the fourth quarter. Still growth, um, but it's slowing a little bit and. Maybe that's partly reflective in, in some of the uh, the CPI, people buying less, you know, goods and, and that sort of thing, just because they're tightening their belts a little bit. I think some of the other companies we've been talking about for two or three months now, they're changing their spending habits a little bit, you know, trading in the maybe the higher end good or the brand name for the, the generic brand. Um, so that's happening, you know, with consumers all over there. And I think that's this inflation over the years has, has caught up. Uh, so it, 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 it is definitely slowing. The question is now the landing, the, the airplane's getting close, right, to the soft, no landing, hard landing. And we'll have to just continue to watch the data to see what it looks like out there. But I think uh, I would, you know, what you said earlier, if you're an investor, you've got to be in the market. If you miss that 5.4% move in small caps and that's part of your allocation, you don't get that back. That, that's that's just a that's a that's a big one, you know, to swallow to miss something like that. And really, this rally we've seen nine and a half percent of the S and P in thirteen trading days. I would expect to see some sort of cooling, um, just because of over short term. That can't continue. But yeah, if we yeah. can hold on to that, you know, get a little bit of pullback and close out the year with with reasonable returns. And it, the last two days, I think we saw that, yeah, right? You yeah. know, Tuesday. Uh, was a, the, the the rip your face off rally and and but then the last two days we didn't give it all back which I think was positive but we also didn't continue and get more overbought we calmed down maybe you know technicians out there might say we we rally for another uh, couple days into the the Thanksgiving holiday and then you know we'll see there's some technical analysts who aren't calling for a good December then you have Tom Lee the you know the permable um, saying that we're going to continue this rally you know, pretty strong. And if you get some of that cash coming off the sideline, because you see this nine and a half percent move, uh, you know, ARC, ARC Innovator, the ETF, a lot of beta on profitable tech in some cases, up 26% since 1030. Um, that's, what's that, 15 trading days, 26%, one ETF. Not recommending buying that at this point, right? Um, and not, no recommendations on this show. But, you know, it's a pretty strong rally we've seen over the last, 15 trading days or so. Yep, yep. So we'll we'll have the opportunity to reconvene and 
and uh, pick back up in December. Yeah, sounds good. We'll end it there. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you listen to this maybe over uh, Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Have a good one. See you, Sandy. Have a good one.